Hello and welcome to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And thanks for joining us again. Excellent. Uh, yeah, it's now what, podcast number five, I believe? Number six. Number six. Fremantle. Wow. Okay, cool. And uh, we Could be our shortest podcast yet. <laughs> it's, it's, it's likely if Ross Lyon has anything to say about it. Um, no, in, in all seriousness, there is some Supercoach relevant players at Frio that we will cover. Um and if you want to catch us, obviously, on the socials. Um, yep, so on Twitter, so it's uh, SC underscore Insider underscore. And on Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash SC Insider. And I'll tell you what, Chris, we might even uh, tag Ross Line into this, I think, and <laughs> give him some tips on where to play some players. I'd and- love just to have him coach decent. No, look, he's not actually a terrible coach. I just think that his defensive football, it just kills the ability to, to enjoy watching them play. Oh, that's very um, defensively minded there, Chris. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, as, as, a, as a football fan, I just love watching exciting plays, you know, sprinting through the middle. And if it wasn't for uh, Nathan Fife, they would have literally none of that. Um, maybe Michael Walters um, adds a bit of a flair and X factor, but it's just, it's just so condemningly boring to watch. Um, but having said that, they do have a lot of super coach relevant players in uh, this year. So we'll go oh, through uh, that Nate, Nate Fife. Yeah, definitely. Just it's round things off. I mean, look, he's an out and out gun, and I don't know if you watched the international series, but wow. He was flying. Wow. Um, he absolutely owned. He looked fitter than he'd ever been, um, and it's testament to the last eight rounds of the season. He actually averaged 126 over those rounds. Yeah, so I mean, he um, averaged, what, 108 for the year, but I think it's the way he finished 2017 oh. and the way he looked in the international rules, because let's face it, you're not going to risk him in international rules if he wasn't no. cherry ripe. So exactly I think right. that's that's actually probably the reason. I mean, it was a serious injury, wasn't it? It was, it was yeah. very serious, but he's been flying. He did well at the end of 2017. He's in international rules, and I think that is why 42% of teams so far have Nat Five. I'm actually quite surprised about that number. I reckon it should be the highest number in Supercoach. He should be the lock of 2018. I'm not sure why he's not, and I don't know why people aren't picking him up at 596k um, I think in draft he's probably number two behind danger and potentially um, could be higher than danger this year there's so much uncertainty around danger and the influx of Ablern and yeah I still think you can't pick him uh, ahead of danger but yeah that's the you can't not but you know retrospectively if Fast forward six months, did you make the right decision? I'm not but I know sure. I know a lot of other podcasts and some other people have been talking and they put Nat Five sort of that two to three uh, around Tom Mitchell. I mean, Tom Mitchell's yep. good because he's reliable, but at the same time, you know, Nat Five. I mean, he, he is just unbelievable when, when he's running. When Nat Five is playing his best football, he's hitting 140s every week. Um, and the only other person that can do that currently in the Supercoach land is Danger. Yeah, except Danger has a higher ceiling and he yeah. probably hits it more consistently. Yeah, except it with, he's done it without Albert. Just just, just putting some uncertainty in there for you. Um, so look, uh, an absolute lock for Standard. I don't. I think we're both in agreement with there. Yeah, he's in my side. Yeah. I um, mean, you can't... Yeah, you have to lock the locks. I, I, I would love to see who you, do, you pick ahead of him. That's the thing. Like, who... Who outside of Nat Five? If you don't have Nat Five, are you picking ahead of him, and why? If you can ask yourself that question and then have a realistic response to it, let us know in Twitter, Facebook, etc. But um, he will, he will come on. I think he's going to be playing the AFLX as well. Um, so to be well, really hope so. good. Um, hopefully he we we can watch that as well um, and get a little bit more rounded um, information on him. But at the at the moment, I think he's the number one lock for Super Coach. Yeah, I just um, like watching him play. To be honest. Yeah, who doesn't, right? 
Um, now, that comes, I suppose, that works hand-in-hand with Lockie Neal. So, um, probably uh, surprised a lot, you know, when Fife went down, Lockie Neal actually stood up and he started racking up big, big numbers. Um, but unfortunately, as a POD, it doesn't really stand up. Um, last year, he averaged 115 through the first 12 rounds of the season, but the scores plummeted right around the exact same time that Fife came and, and started really putting in his big stores. So Yeah, I was actually surprised Neil started off so well, considering he did have those couple of end-of-season injuries um, you know, the surgery anyway at the end of the 2016 season. So I was a bit surprised yeah. he came out and started so well and Fife started so poorly, which didn't bode so well for yeah, my team. I think he just needed some running his legs, Fifey. But um, look, at the end of the day, uh, for that reason, I don't think you can run Neil. Um, and if you're running him as a POD in draft, great. That's fantastic. Obviously, he's the only the one. But um, in standard, you're not going to get what you think out of him this year. And he represents. Um, he doesn't represent good enough value for me. I think um, the other consideration is they do share the buy from hell. So you can only have one, and if it's not Nat Fife, you're doing it wrong. Um, and that sort of puts a lot of other Frio's uh, players under the microscope in terms of will you, won't you, because of that buy. Now, there's going to be a lot of players that you're going to have, and a lot of people are going to have at in the round 14 buy. Um, so the less you can have that aren't that relevant or are PODs or speculative selections, the better off your team's going to be. Yeah, and there's only a point two difference in average in 2017. So, you know, like it's... Five has the potential to go a lot higher and yep. he has been there before. And I'd say in um, with, with Lockie Neal as well, in um, in draft, he's going to go higher because he's got a, a, a fairly okay average for last year. But I think his true average is slightly lower, and therefore, if you're yeah, you're really against the Neil train. Yeah, you, yeah I, I still put him. In, I wouldn't mind him as my sort of uh, what M three in, well, in draft. If I, I would get too, him. but I reckon people value him at that level too. I, I think they're going to pick him up as that as their second mid, um, and they probably didn't do the research into why. Um, I, I just wouldn't choose Neil on the back of five being a lock at the end of the day. Um, the next one that I, I would consider SC relevant this year is Mundy as a forward. Um, I think he does add really good value. Uh, I think he averaged 89. 89.4 for the Mund. Yep. Um, which makes him relevant for a forward position. Um, you know, he's cost effective. If he gets a role change, which is unlikely given his age, but if he does get a role change, he could easily average 100 or 105. Um, yeah, I don't see it happening. I mean, I owned I owned Monday at the start of last year, and yeah, I tra- would have killed you. Well, no, I traded him. He was averaging like 110, 113 at the start of the year. Yeah, and then I traded him, and it was it was a you know a good positioning okay. for me. And then he, but if you have to average 110, 113 at the start of the year, and then you end up averaging below 90, then how far is your fall from growth? I, I whilst I understand that he um, obviously switched uh, complete roles, he's not as effective as a fall, but they needed someone down there. So, if have Fremantle got a forward now that I <laughs> that I don't know of? Is that what you're saying? Or well, what I'm saying is I think there's going to be a bit of a shuffle um, at Freo. I think that it's been uh, on the cards for a bit of a while, and he could be pushed behind the ball. I'd like to see him there. Um, however, I mean, let's say he comes out and he's either playing behind the ball or mid minutes in the JLT. Would you consider him? Well, I don't know. All I can think of right now is there is a hole, and it's in your logic. <laughs> 
Fair enough. I've but, just I've I got mean, my eye on on him, and I'm watching him because I think that he's he's done it before. He can average over a hundred, and if he's if he gets that mid time, if he's playing behind the ball, I think he's a smoky. I'm, I'm yeah. not going to rule I him mean, out. I mean, eighty eighty nine point four definitely a good average, and I yeah. mean he is the he's older. Got value. He's the older statesman. He's got the long locks. I mean, he's probably um, you know sponsored by Pantene Pro V or something around this, <laughs> this point in time. Well, Needs well, a wash. He doesn't even. I mean, he might average ninety five and be a top ten forward. He could. I'd probably put so, more money on Barlow having a more inside mid role than Mundy, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I'm not saying you're wrong either. I'm just saying that he's, to write him out, I think, is, is incorrect at this stage. I mean, yes, he's 33 and he needs a role change, but if he pr- produces that early, he may be on, the, on someone's radar, namely my radar. Um, I'm not writing him out. There's a lot of other players around that mark, um, specifically uh, Michael Walters, who I think... Um, I would love to see him get more mid-minutes. I'm not sure he has the tank to play 22 rounds of football um, in midfield. I mean, he hasn't done it as a forward, so why would he do it as a midfield? Yeah, my only concern um, is he's been on a uh, modified program yeah, um, exactly right. throughout December, so you know, from that knee injury that ended his season. So I want to see how he comes back first. Yeah. I mean, even if he does, I mean, he reminds me a little bit of Aaron Hall. So when he actually got mid-time and went big, fantastic. I mean, he, his four games before his injury, he a- averaged 117 and he had 172 score in there. So his ceiling is there. He's got the ability. It's whether or not he's gonna, his body's going to be able to do it, which I think early on is probably not. So my pick of, of what's going to happen at Frio is he might have a real rough start to the season and then come into the four at the end. So definitely someone you might target to say after your round 14 uh, Byers is that last forward upgrade. Um, I can see Walters have a, a lot of potential in the back end of the year. He's a bit of an awkward price, so I mean, four seventy eight k. It's probably too much considering the value. It's around that price point. Well, there's definitely a lot of value around that price point, even on the lower four hundred k. I mean, all the people I'm considering for value, I'd probably go from your Roy Lob upwards yep. up until probably Walters as far as the price bracket goes yeah exactly right and um, it's it, again it's a wait and see yeah, what's his role going to be is he going to play midfield or is he going to play in the forward line I mean he doesn't necessarily always score bad in the forward line but it definitely restricts his scoring um, he's explosive in the midfield which is why I want to see him there and why Ross Lyon won't play him there because he just doesn't yeah. <laughs> doesn't want anyone exciting playing in midfield so but. Ross write that down <laughs> um, so look it's, it's interesting to watch anyway um, at this stage, I am literally ruling out Benel for the entire year. Uh, are you? Uh, I still want to wait and see, but for me, uh, he has to do way too much to get back in. And even He's if he gets back you. in, oh he, he would frustrate. But at the same time, I'm not going to, you know, judge a book by its cover. Or in this case, three <laughs> the last covers. Three years, or but uh, like look, that, or? I, I, let's face it. I want to see some real, real sort of movements and real positive change forward, which I don't think is going to happen. But one person I am very excited to see, which is probably in your breakout category, um, yeah. I would have to say would be Connor Blakely. Yeah, and definitely. Yep. He he was really impressive, and he had some really good scores. Um, so, Chris, I don't know what you think of him too much, but uh, he, he definitely had that uh, role change around round six. They moved him into the midfield. Yep. Thank you, I Ross. I think that for- also probably impacted Neil's scoring too. Yeah, he, well, he went into the midfield. So from round six, okay, so you're looking at 11-round sort of block from there. From round six, he averaged 110.1, which is that's some crazy good numbers from yep. a guy who ended up averaging, what, 89.2 or something around that. So he's only just if, a couple if, a little bit lower. If they keep him in midfield, I think the sky's the limit. I think he's probably 
my, my, my issue is, it's again, what second year, it's definitely a second year, right? Um, so whether or not his body's going to be able to maintain that over the course of the season, whether or not Ross actually starts him in midfield because Ross likes to do stupid things. I think his price is just awkward as well for yeah. standard. 490 k you know, with that kind of money, you're sort Definitely of looking draft. at a few like, people. I'm, I'm oh, draft for, for sure. And, and his huge value in draft. And Definitely. I think you picked him up last year in draft, didn't you? Uh, and I got him off the waiver. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely cheering. Because once he hit that first, I think he hit 200s. And I was like, okay, so this guy's doing well for the last couple of rounds. But his three-round average was still low enough that I could pick him up, yep. which is another tip. Look at their last game or two. Don't just look at the three- or five-round average. Um, but, yeah, for basically, if you, even if you take it, his, uh, he got injured on seven. So that's why his average is about 89. Yep. But if you take it, his injured score of seven, his average is 94.3. Yeah. And Which I mean, puts him definitely in that sort of yeah. You know, M- so great for draft. The, the pro- again, M6, the other M7. problem is he's a midfield player that has the round fourteen by. So again, it's a, if he's going big, then you're only going to have Nat Fife and maybe a Connor Blakely afterwards. Um, but definitely wait and see. He could do anything. Um, so I'm looking at him, but I'm not going to have him in my staying side at all. It's it's definitely not going to happen. No, not for standard. Not for me. Um, now, Wilson, uh, I think he's probably the one that uh, most people are looking forward to seeing well, in especially action. especially Tom Hanks is still looking for Wilson. <laughs> well, son, did you write that down earlier? No, I just thought of Oh, it. my Lord. And sometimes your every comedy time I, is actually quite good. Every time I think of Wilson, I think of just <laughs> Do a I bring the best out of you? Or? I think you must. <laughs> um, that's a good one. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to recover. Um, so, yes, Wilson. Yeah, look, I had him last year in draft, and so... I got him in. I got him off the wires, off the wire, off the waiver early as well. No one really knew too much about him. The big, um, the big money was on Williams, of course. Uh, fantastic player, unfortunately, with his injury. Um, but Frio really are dying for that person who's a designated kicker in the defence, and he is that. One thing I will say about Wilson, though, he's not really an accumulator. He's your one percenters, and he scores high per possession. So his per possession um, super coach points are great because he's, he's accurate by foot and he uses the ball well. Um, he does float in, he takes intercepts, um, but he's not going to ever be your 25 uh, possession defender, the one that racks the ball up behind the, behind the play. That's not his style. He does play on a man, not loose behind the ball. So I don't think because of that reason he's going to be that sort of top six defender, but he could be used as a stepping stone to get to someone. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what his scores like in the JLT to, to really gauge what output you can expect from him. Well, people are acting like he's just come out of nowhere and overnight, but he's been in the system for a while and he's yeah. never averaged well. So I don't know why people think, oh, a new club is going to average well, because that's probably not going to be the case, especially in that top handful. Yes, they might look to use him and he will probably get some sort of structure and, and whatnot in the defence there, but I can't see him pushing his average that high that makes his price yeah. worth it. He, he, this, I mean, look, I, I think that he's got potential, but he's 417k. So he's 5K cheaper than Hanley. And they're both vying over that sort of D4 spot. So Yeah, I'm backing in the I'm Irish sure, on that one. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure why you're choosing him over someone else. However, um, I would watch in the JLT if it comes out that he's just going absolutely gangbusters. Yep, fantastic. Um, but again, uh, the other advantage of someone like a Hanley or even a K Colo at, at a cheaper price well, I think is Luke, that they have the round eight buy as opposed to the 14 as well. I think Luke Ryan could even be a better bet yep. based on he might even free him up a little bit more. But, um, you know, look, look, let's Ryan wait and see. Ryan had a, good, a decent output last year. I mean, um, you know, everyone's uh, favourite downgrade target last year, and I think that he, um, he was pretty good. Yeah, but he's only 5K more expensive. Yeah. Um, so, look, 
it it will depend on how they they use him. Um, but just so everyone's aware, he's definitely more of a lockdown defender that uses the disposal um, uses disposals to great effect. Rather, more like a I suppose a, a Burgoyne. Um, is that probably a good? Uh, yeah, someone that can actually lock down on some, but also can use his disposal as well. Yeah, I think that's and quite accurate. Bergwin's probably a, a little bit more um, free-flowing with the football and can run and carry a little bit better, um, But and obviously older. But, yeah, that's how I would describe him as a footballer. Um, that pretty much rounds him out. In terms of rookies, there's not really... Um, there's a couple on the cusp. I'm not too sure about what um, I would go with in terms of uh, Frio. Um, but look, I think that they've been developing a list for long enough that, and now they're starting to trade players in to fill their gaps. So I wouldn't look for Frio rookies to be a round one specialty. Yeah, I think, um, I think as they have Andrew, been for the past few years. Well, I think Andrew Brayshaw could be one, but I think he'll need a bit more yeah. time and and um, you know, like he's and he, way he was, too expensive. Well, he was too. picked early for being very consistent, but again, yeah, you're looking very expensive, one ninety eight k. So yeah. a guy that probably needs another year or so in the system, he probably will get games, but I can't see him getting a weekly or scoring enough to make him worth it. Exactly right. Yeah, and the other one that um, has been touted is that. Um, is Brady Gray, and I mean again, two fifty four k. I mean, I'm not entirely sure why you would be looking at someone at that price point. I don't. Uh, he's just too awkwardly priced. He, he's not like your Christensen that's already averaged ninety before in previous years. It's a real speculative pick and not a safe one um, for your standard uh, super coach at all. Um, so there's not really too much relevancy in that bottom end at Frio. Um, but I mean, yeah, there's probably not much relevancy in Frio at all, to be honest. Let's be fair. Uh, <laughs> um, in terms of breakout, um, there is really four based on last year's averages that can break out. Um, of course, Fife's already done it, so I expect him to be back up there. Um, you've got Walters, Wilson, and Blakely, which we've covered already. Um, any of them could go big, uh, depending on their roles and how their year progresses. Um, and for draft, in terms of where they sit, um, Fife's definitely top five. Um, and I, I think he'll go number two. Is that pretty much where you see him? Yeah, I see him two or three, depending on um, you know, who's obviously in that other end of the pick. I definitely see him ra- you know, rising up the ranks. Yeah. Uh, I think you'll find some that aren't as relevant either this year, like Bradley Hill. He was probably more relevant as a forward mid. Now he's a mid only. So Bradley Hill's kind of not there. Stephen Hill's always sort of you know hit around that mark, although he dropped his average by nine uh, from 2016 to 2017. Yeah, and six players that aren't really... And he dropped six yeah. points on the average before that. So basically in the last two years he's really dropped away about 15 points which makes him not really that relevant I think he was dropped to the waiver last year at some point and just and no one bothered picking him up pretty um, much I think I might have put him point. there just to look good yeah <laughs> yeah whatever but that's about it um, yeah and look you've got your Lockie Neal I, I think he's probably at 30 to 40 pick as, as Ben said earlier I think he's more your third mid if you get him um, he's not someone I'd put as your second, um, but each to their own. Yeah, I'd probably, probably rate him anywhere from that sort of 22, around the sort of Trelaw sort of mark, 22 to 33. Yeah, exactly, yeah. That's a bit That's a bit scientific. Yeah. Um, and then you've got uh, Michael Walters, who I think is probably the next viable as a forward, especially if his body gets right. Um, but I'm sure someone will pick him up before I do anyway. Um, well, I think Brendan Maturi could be one to watch out for. Not that he's that relevant, particularly in uh, standard. 
But I'm I mean, not even sure if he's in their best. Well, me either. But apparently he's training well. So look, keep an eye on him if he does float your boat. Just um, exciting to watch, which means that Ross Lyon won't start him. Well, and to be fair, I might even put. <laughs> I'd, I'd probably put Benel on my bench if I get a chance. Oh. To be honest, just based on the oh, upside for draft. Yeah, draft. Yeah, yeah. So, no, not not standard bench. That's an expensive bench. I agree, but I reckon someone will take the Benel train for a ride because they're a nuffy. Um, but look, if he's on your bench, then you know he's not costing you anything. So yeah, sure. Um, well, you know the train could go well if it's running on fumes. <laughs> I think my honest opinion of Harley Benel is he cares more about his next fix rather than your Supercoach scores. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is probably true. But man, I hope he does something well because let's face it, he's talented. I and he hope could do that more. he gets it together because the guy's got a bundle of talent. I just, I, I just, um, I'm sick of the same story, and I, th- I think everybody else is as well. I think he's on his last legs. That's for sure. So. Look, you know, Fremantle's one of those ones. There's not too many people in there that are really that relevant. Um, you know, Sandy is another one that could be sort of spoken about, but more for draft. And even yeah, then, he, he should if, come if late. If he plays more than 10 games, I'll be impressed. He should come late. And, I mean, this is a guy who averaged 107.8 in 2015. So let's not forget, he is definitely an option. Um, if you miss the early... Yeah, the early rush on Rucks. I mean, don't be afraid to pick up a Sandy because if he if he just you know falls in a heap like he probably could, um, at least there'll be someone else there on the waiver that you could use. There's plenty of options. But on the plus side, if he does pick it up and play well, I mean, he could average well for you. He had most of last year off. Let's face it, so he could be quite fresh, uh, even though his big body isn't getting any younger. Yeah, I just think um, I just think they're going to transition him out. I mean, this will be his life. I, I, if he gets past this year, I'll be hugely impressed. I mean, it's a big effort for someone at his size and 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 weight to be carrying around and running AFL games out. Like, I just don't think it's there. Um, if he gets on the park, his his points per minute's pretty good. Um, he's still got that tap out to advantage that's always going to score in points. Especially to that midfield anyway. Yeah. I think he's about 120 kilos. Like, he's a monster. He's an absolute man mountain. The guy's huge. Um, and he helps them out. Like, he's going to... If, if he's playing, then Fife averages better. Then Neil gets more ball. You know, he, he's definitely going to improve their team. I just don't know if he's going to hold up. Um, especially if even if you've only got one ruck on the field in draft. You don't want him. It's got to be a bench option for me. Yep. I think it's just... It's just too risky. I completely agree. And I think that pretty much sums us up for Fremantle. Look, if we have missed anybody or you want us to elaborate on some people further, please give us a shout-out and a comment, and we can uh, answer those for you in a future podcast or on Twitter or on social media. Like I said, if you missed those, go back to the start. But until next time, it's been great having you, and I hope you've been enjoying the podcast. Ciao. Have a good one. Yeah, you can be the greatest. You can be the best. You can be the king Kong banging on your chest. You can beat the world. You can talk the guy, go banging on his door You can throw your hands up, you can beat the clock You can move a mountain, you can break rocks You can be a master, don't wait for luck Dedicate yourself and you can find yourself Standing in the